Uncovering the reality of the learning to trade journey can be tricky in an industry filled with many myths and misconceptions. The aim of this podcast is to generate clarity over this journey through documenting the challenges and the solutions I personally experience as I move through the process from novice to consistently profitable trader. Everyone's trading journey is unique, yet if a shared tip or trick in this podcast can shave even 1% off of your learning curve, then that will be a job well done. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Just a quick warning. I seem to have like a shortness of breath. I swear to God, I better not have that freaking virus. Um, but if I'm like, that's why. I don't know why I seem to have shortness of breath today. Um, I was in a taxi with one of my friends yesterday and the freaking driver was like, he had his mask like half on. And then at one point he was like, <coughs> I literally covered my mouth, my nose. I put my hood on. And I close my eyes because I'm like, I'm not getting this virus at this time in the day. Do you see what I'm saying? Sorry, but I've avoided it for this long by not going out and stuff. Like, if I get it now, it's just not going to be a pretty story. But anyway, so just a warning if you hear a weird noise. Okay, so I thought today I would talk about trend following versus trend continuation systems. Because it's kind of... For me, it seems that I'm evolving to prefer a trend following style. Um, And I just wanted to talk about how I've kind of got to that point because I know when it comes to selecting a trading strategy, often people don't know which way to go. Do you go with advanced patterns, counter trend, trend following, trend continuation? What do you do? Um, And I'm gonna talk about firstly how I decided and secondly, how I've evolved into preferring the style. So to begin with, to be honest with you, I just saw that strategy and I just liked it. It was literally as simple as that. I kind of went through the videos that were available to me um, and this one stood out. I don't know what to tell you. It was as simple as that. And when I, like if you're actually confused, like say for example, you're interested in ciphers, but you're also interested in Gartley's or BATS or trend continuation and you don't know which to pick, what I would say is practice. Spend an hour practicing each and you're quickly gonna discard a few, trust me. And if you can't, create a list, say you're interested in five, and at the end of the day, you've got all the time in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, start with one, work your way down the list, and in, I don't know, a couple of years, you, you can incorporate all of them into your portfolio if that's what you choose. So there's not really a rush in that way. Um, if you are torn between a few, just pick one and get started. Okay, so, see I need to do it now. Literally have shortness of breath, what the fuck. Okay, so, I started the trend continuation, right? And I didn't even think about trend following. I just tested the standard rules Sorry, I thought I heard someone come in to knock on my door. Um, And then I noticed when I was looking into my results that a lot of the exit reasons, meaning the reason that I was exited out of a trade, were either that I had hit target two or that I'd been stopped out, okay? There were very few where I was stopped out at break even out of a sample size of between 60 to 100, it was literally like maximum five trades hit break even. And that kind of 
provoked me to think, hmm, if Price is majority of the time just rallying to my target two, what is the point in having a target one? What is the point? Because I'm barely being stopped out of break even. Um, so I just thought, okay, let me just try having one target, which is trend following, meaning that the only target is beyond structure. And I have my stop loss and that's it, very simple. And um, it proved to be a lot more profitable based on my testing. And I kind of just somewhere intuitively preferred that, okay? So for New Zealand dollar, for pound dollar, um, they're both trend following completely for me. For France 40, JER 30, and SPX 500 actually, based on certain criteria being met, they're also trend following. The only one that's not is NAS 100. Um, and the others also like, again, based on what happened, they could be trend continuation which means that I look for a one target to take off at a retest of structure and the other is a trim following target. Um, but yeah, I'm noticing now, like with the strategy I'm currently testing, which is the same strategy, but a lower time frame, um, it's only trend following, okay? So the only target, like I'm saying, is beyond, beyond most recent structure. Sorry, I'm having to do it again. Seriously, better not have the virus. <laughs> okay, so, and what I prefer about this, for me personally, is that there's a bigger risk or reward a lot of the time um, compared to if I was doing literally one in and one out, which I kind of really don't like when it's just like basic one-to-one. -one. Um, for some reason, those types of trades, like, it almost freaks me out to think of the insane win rate that you have to have for that to actually be profitable. Um, like, obviously it needs to be a lot greater than 50-50, otherwise you'll just break even. And one of the things I noticed, I think it was this strategy maybe, but I believe I tested it. I can't remember if it was this or my previous one. Anyway, there was a test and I saw that there were, oh yeah, that was it. So with my current strategy, I'm live trading. I noticed in 2011, which was a, it wasn't a poor performing year, but it was like single digits ROI um, for like six instruments in a portfolio. That's very, very low. And for me, and um, I thought, oh God, it must've just been a terrible performing year. And then when I went and looked into it, I saw that it was a lack of a number of opportunities. Okay. So there were just very few opportunities that year, meaning the ROI was relatively low. Now, that's when I thought, and I believe I started testing this strategy on my lower time frame actually, I noticed it was a similar story. There was lack of opportunity, just generally. Um, and I noticed there were a lot, a lot of opportunities, but price was not coming deep enough into my kill zone for me to actually enter the trade. Um, and that made me think, hmm, if I had a bigger zone, I would have a lot more opportunities. And this appeals to me for a few reasons. The first one is I don't like the pressure of thinking, oh, say if you were to have one trade set up here, that's very extreme, but just go with it. Um, like, it's a lot of pressure for you to not miss that. 
Whereas if you have, you know, a relatively decent amount per month, um, I would be a lot more relaxed about it. Like even now with my current strategy, I get three setups on average per month, okay? And I, it is a big deal to miss one of those setups because that could, if you miss a couple, it could drastically impact your ROI if those happen to be winners, for example. Um, and I kind of don't like that. It's the one thing that I want to kind of even out in my current system. Hence also why I went to a lower time frame. So I wanted more opportunities and it gave me a lot more. I mean, <laughs> in my first test, I don't even know. It was well over 500 trades for the full 11 years. As expected, you know, a very decent sample size for a 15 minute chart. And I mean, I am noticing, and this is when it just comes down to like the individual, that just paused it to do my deep breath. But I just, um, I did think because there are a lot of times when I see price play out and because I'm live now, like, yes, I can envision what it will be like when I'm live. I don't really think that you're completely, you know, ignorant to that feeling if you're not live yet, just freaking use your imagination. But um, I do think, hmm, how would I feel if price did go to a retest of structure, for example, then reversed and hit my stop loss? And to be honest with you, part of me is just like, well, my target's where my target is. My stop loss is where my stop loss is. That's just the way the trade goes. <laughs> like, I do feel like that. Um, there isn't, I'm not looking for a retest of structure. So stop thinking of that as a target. Your, your target is beyond structure. That's the trade. So I'm kind of in that mind state if that were to happen. At the same time, because if this has happened regularly, like something I'm noticing, like I'm saying, is I have seen a few trades where it hits structure and then it just reverses and hits my stop loss. And something I am thinking to do, and I'm gonna look into it after I've I've got one year left to test. This is my retest right now as well. I've already tested this once. Um, I'm going to check in the stopped out trades how many of them do hit that most recent level of structure, which a lot of people use as their target ones and then hits my stop loss. Because if the majority of trades that are hitting my actual target, the trend following one, um, just go straight to it, you know, no ebbing and flowing, no coming back down to where I entered the trade, then I think once that level is hit, or I don't know, once 80% of the move is made, for example, I might move my stop loss to break even. Um, I'm gonna look into it because I think it's a potential idea and I'm really like recently because I mean you guys I'm sure see people on Twitter and Facebook or Facebook sorry who uses Facebook Twitter or Instagram <clears throat> and they're like think of your trading system as basically just th think focus on protecting your trading account and protecting your profits once you're in profit um, and like to be honest, when people say stuff like that, <clears throat> I think it could also lead to a downfall if that statement is interpreted the wrong way. Because with a statement like that, you could think, okay, as soon as I'm in profit, I'm moving my stop loss to break even. And then it's like, you might just get stopped out all the time at break even because you're not giving your trade any room to breathe. And that's why I'm saying it has to reach like a decent amount away from my entry, like basically almost at target. 
I have to be confident enough um, that it's kind of worth moving it for me to do that because I'm not just gonna, like I'm saying with the trend continuation trades, the thing I didn't like a lot of the time was that I was moving the stop loss to break even, for example, and like on one of the pairs, I can't remember which one, but on one of them, um, it would always come down, hit break even, and then go to target two, like the majority of the time, like literally 89% of the time. So I was like, why the hell am I moving stops to break even? It's just costing me so much in profits. So like, whilst I agree, yes, once you're in profit, like protect that and try not to let a winning trade kind of turn into a loser. At the same time, I think that statement has to be taken with a pinch of salt and you have to be relatively cautious about what it actually means. Like if you're one penny in profit, one pip in profit, whatever, um, and you're moving your stop loss to break even, like you're literally most likely gonna be stopped at a break even. You have to give your trade trade room. Um, and that's why this is only potentially, that I'm potentially gonna go down that route if my testing tells me it makes sense. Because if that's the case, that in a lot of cases, if I move and break even, to stops to break even, and it's gonna keep me out a lot of winning trades, um, in my opinion, it's not worth it. Like I'll just look at it, like I said, the, the first way, um, where my target's my target, my stop loss is my stop loss, and stop thinking of that retest as a target one, because it's not. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how that gets on. But I do think with trend following, if you're stuck between the two, I mean, a good thing to do is to have a demo account and to, I don't know, trend, like test your strategy, trend following, forward test it um, on demo, one trend following, one trend continuation and just see how you feel, which do you prefer? Because just because I'm saying that I prefer trend following, not every single person does. And I'm even thinking now, like I am starting to think, pff, yeah, with my indices, um, particularly, I mean, the other two, the Forex pairs, the two Forex pairs I trade, they're both trend following anyway. But with the other four indices, I am, it kind of popped into my head today that I'm, I might test them to change them all to trend following. Um, because I am preferring that. I like the simplicity of literally having one stop loss, one target. I like the fact that there's more opportunities because your zone's bigger. Um, like there's no faffing about with moving anything to break even, potentially. It may still be something I introduce, like I say. Um, but yeah, I like just as I'm going along, and to be honest, once I finish testing this strategy, I'm not in a rush to be testing anything else because this, I know it's gonna balance out um, my current portfolio so that every year is like relatively even, just based on looking at the results. Um, and my focus now is on refining what I've already got and that includes potentially, like I'm saying, um, maybe moving one or two of them into being solely trend following and seeing how that does rather than just like continuing to add strategy after strategy. I kind of just wanna really focus on having a robust trend system um, for the rest of the year. To be honest, like the only strategy I want to add after this is a Fibo inversion strategy, which I'm literally gonna have one instrument, I think, because I've noticed something good on it in terms of Fibo inversion. I think it would do well just based on, like I'm saying, it might, when you do so much testing, like for France 40, for example, it did really terribly in one of the years um, for my trend following system. 
and I noticed this would be a very good opportunity to do fib inversion because there are a lot of fake outs. There are a hell of a lot of fake outs on that instrument from what I noticed on the time frame I was looking at. And maybe when I test it, that won't be the case. Maybe it won't do well. Like I'm saying, even with me saying, oh, I want to move to potentially all trend following, um, I might. you can't just make decisions like that. I might look into it and the numbers simply don't add up just because one of the years might do very well with fib inversion. It doesn't mean that every single year is going to. Um, I mean, to be honest, every single year doesn't do necessarily well in a trading system anyway. Like in what I'm currently testing, all the years are positive, but there's, okay, how many years have I done so far? I'm kind of ranting a bit, so this is a bit random. I've done, okay, I'm on the 11th year now, but the 10 full years that I've tested, um, there's one year that's completely flat, 0%. There's one year that's negative at minus 5%. And there's one year that's 2%, which is very, very low. The other years are relatively high. Well, yeah, very high. Um, and that works well for me because it's gonna be combined with my current, when I'm currently trading. And that low year, for example, um, my current system did very well that year. So I'm looking at all of this like a balancing act. The years that my current system doesn't do well, I wanted something to bring it up and vice versa. Um, but yeah, I think with trend following and trend continuation, to get back to what this freaking podcast is meant to be about, um, if you really don't know, then, and you're like, oh, like maybe it sounds like a good idea. I would say for like a month, maybe just go on a demo account, have one pair that's trend following, one pair that's not. See how you feel when you're in the trade. Um, if it really doesn't fit with you, don't do it because just don't. What's the point? Both can be just as profitable as each other. But if you're like me and you like the idea of simplicity and I don't know, like I just, I like more opportunities. It's going to give you more opportunities the bigger the zone is. You, it's just kind of common sense, right? You're going to have more opportunities, which means some of them lower quality. It is what it is. Um, more losers potentially but it's all things worth looking into and kind of having the facts there to actually make informed decisions rather than guessing so yeah I hope this has been useful um also trend following like your win rates are likely to be lower everything in trading is literally like if there's an up there's most certainly a down a hundred percent so yes when you when you're going to win bigger but guess what it's going to be a lot more infrequent compared to if you're you've got a target one that's a lot closer for example on a different system um but yeah i hope it's been useful like i'm saying this is just what i'm doing um i hope you enjoyed this episode another thing to add though in my live trading for example um like psychologically i don't feel anything when it's a trend following trade i really don't i'm not like oh that that's so far away and that's why i know i'd feel comfortable kind of just solely moving to that and if anything <laughs> My main nerves come if, um, like, we're moving stops to break even and ensuring, for example, I don't know, just placing two orders. Like, it's just, I find it more of a headache than I would kind of like. I prefer to just have one stop plus one target, easy, simple, let's go. And also, if you're out, like, some, like yesterday, for example, I had to enter a trade while I was out. Um, and, like, if there were like it was a trend following trade so it was fine but if there'd been two targets like I would have had to enter two separate ones 
And I just personally find it to be a bit of a faff. Um, so like I'm gradually seeing myself evolving, starting to potentially move further towards that type of system. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this. Um, let me know what you thought. Are you interested in trend following? If you do have any questions, message me on social media at Naomi G. Stilite. And I hope you have a good rest of your week. My breathlessness seems to have stopped somewhat, which means I don't think I have COVID. Whoop, whoop. But, yep. Um, have a good rest of your week, and I'll see you in next week's episode. Bye.